Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. Let's just open our reflection with a short prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to allow our hearts to be touched by the crucifixion of our Lord. Father, we ask now that you pour out your Spirit, that you open our hearts as we reflect on Jesus and him crucified for our sake. In his name we pray, amen. Whenever we look upon the cross, which we will unveil later on, I'd like you to focus, at least for this Good Friday, on three very important images. The crown of thorns, the cross and nails, and the heart of Jesus open for you and for me. The crown, the cross, and the heart of Jesus. You see, in the first reading, uh, it's very powerful because there's a, a description of someone going through disfigurement, suffering. And the character described there is a, it's not even worth considering as a human person. See, whenever we look at the cross of Jesus, and if you look upon his head, you see the crown of thorns. And it's very, very important for us to remember who was it on the cross, who was actually crucified on the cross. You see, the the crown of thorns were made by the soldiers to taunt him, to disfigure the truth, to humiliate him, to crush him. But actually, the crown of thorn revealed to us that he is truly a king. Yes, he is the king of kings, the lord of lords, but what kind of king he is is revealed to us by the crown of thorns. That he is a king that desires to be with us. He humbled himself. And that's what incarnation is, isn't it? That Jesus, who was with the Father, the Son of God from the very beginning, became flesh. He humbled himself to become like you and me. He was fully human. Yes, he is also fully God, but he is very, very much like us. And that's the second reading, it says, he's like us in all things except sin. So when you look upon the crown of thorns, this is not just another person on the cross. You know, the soldiers say, hail, king of the Jews. He's not just the king of the Jews, but he is actually our king, our Lord. That's why when he was teaching his disciples, 
He said, the one who will be great among you will not lord over people, but become the servant of all. You see, at the cross of Jesus, he preached to us what he himself is about to do. He will be the servant of all. He's not just the Lord and the King of a very few, or a privileged one, or the, even the powerful one. He is your King. Not very high up there, but actually even below you. And what does it say to you? And I want you to fix in this one truth, that whenever you look upon the crucifixion and you see the crown of Jesus, you are reminded that God is madly in love with you. That's how I can describe the incarnation. And in Philippians 2, there was a beautiful hymn. Even though he is in equality with God, he did not grasp that. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. You see, that's what Jesus is telling you and me, that he is willing to do that because he is madly in love with you. And there's no logic in madness, isn't it? There's no logic in love. Maybe for some of us, we like power, we like recognition, we look for validation, we look for affirmation, and that's very, very important need and feelings. But for someone like Jesus who has it all, he emptied himself so that he can be with you. And that shows us the heart of Jesus the heart of someone who is madly in love, who is fully in love, he wants to be with his beloved no matter what. When was the last time you actually felt this very precious emotion, but also a very precious gift? When you're in love, you will do everything. No, and it's not here. Love is not just here, a decision that we make here. Love is so strong. It's like a fire that overwhelms your reason, overwhelms logic, overwhelms even our bodies. When someone is in love, you are prepared to give your all, isn't it? And whenever you see the crown of thorns, that's the extent of God's madness for you that he is madly in love with you. But it's not enough, the incarnation, isn't it? That he became like us. You see, the cross symbolizes to us the worst we can do to another human person. You see, what cross address is sin. What the cross is trying to break for us is the chains of death. You see, it's not the cross itself that gives power, isn't it? It's the one who actually take up the cross. He was obedient even unto death, death on the cross. That's what Philippians says to you and to me. 
You see, in Jesus, he was trying to break something that started in creation when our first parents disobeyed the Lord. They want to grasp and become like God. They were impatient. They rebelled. And that power is in, in our hearts too. It's within us. You've probably heard me say a lot of times, no, there is power within us that we cannot overcome. And that's the place where we obey the wrong things. We know the truth, the good, but we do the wrong things. We choose the wrong things. We know what's not to be done, but we avoid it, avoid the good and do what is bad. I've experienced that so many times in my life. And it's like this chain, this bondage. But see, that's what Jesus addressed here. When you look upon the cross, the nails, and you look upon Jesus crucified, that's where the power is. That's where death and sin can no longer rule. This is not just an intellectual reflection. You've heard this so many times, that he died so that you might live. But you see, I'd just like to, to point to you, you know, in the reading, that he was addressing something that we cannot win against. That only Jesus can break it. And he did not break it through power, through strength. He broke the effects of sin and death by love. When you were following the Holy Mass at the Last Supper, in John chapter 13, it says, knowing that his end is near, he loved them till the end. And the end for him, where he can accomplish this, is the cross. You see, at the cross, it reveals to us what we can do to another human person, the worst. And that's very depressing. It's very painful. It's very sad. But at the same time, because Jesus is on the cross, now we can see the power of a human heart. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, Jesus said. That's how he loved them till the end. I've heard this in one of the preachings say, what kept Jesus on the cross is actually his great love for us. He's the son of God. He's very powerful. You see at the foot of the cross, say, you know, you save others. Save yourself. If you are truly the son of God, get down from the cross. But that's not the way of Jesus. His way is to show you that he is madly in love with you. That he is willing to bear the guilt the shame, the punishment that is intended upon us and to break it with the power of his love for you. God is madly in love with you.
And when he was about to die, he shouted, I thirst. And then after that, he said, it is accomplished. And when he was hanging on the cross, the soldier pierced his side. And his heart was opened, and it says, blood and water flowed from his side. This is very important for you and for me. What came out of the heart of Jesus is a new way for us to receive his love. Baptism and the Eucharist. See, water cleanses us. It removes our sin. Wash away our sin. That's what baptism is, isn't it? It washes away our guilt, our sin, and it sets us free. We are made anew. And how do we come into faith? When you're a child, you are baptized as a baby, but it's actually the faith of the church, the faith of your parents, the faith of the community. And when you're older, like our brothers and sisters who are doing the RCIA, it's their yes to Jesus as a sign of their desire to love the Lord as well, to respond. But it's not that just simple. We cannot just receive the love of God, the new life that Jesus is giving us. He wants you to make a response. You see, it's easy to become a Catholic or a a Christian. They baptize you. The priest will baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. But the challenge is to live your baptism. And that's what we call discipleship. That you follow Jesus. Not because of the guilt, because he's already conquered that. Not because of the sin, or we're afraid that we will go to hell. We want to follow Jesus because we have tasted and seen his love for us. His great love for you and me, revealed to us on the cross. But baptism is not enough. We have to receive his blood. And that's what we receive in the Eucharist. And I don't know about you, I can feel the desire and the longing of many people to receive Jesus again. I've been praying for you. We've been praying for you whenever we celebrate the Mass and you're having your spiritual communion with the Lord. I pray that the blood of Jesus will penetrate your heart and give you new courage, new power. See, that's what blood does. It's life, isn't it? It's so precious. It's so important. And it reminds us that what Jesus accomplished, he did not just pay with very little. The cost of our salvation, the cost of our freedom, the cost of his love for you and me is his blood. He died on the cross. See, that's what the, the soldiers did, just to make sure he's dead. And what does blood reveal to us? 
is that the king of kings who became like us, who suffered and endured the cross and died on the cross, is not just a human being, but actually the son of God. And that's what the soldier recognized. I was watching the station of the cross. You know, one of the reflections says he was a soldier. And he looked at Jesus and said, this truly is the Son of God. So whenever you look at the cross, the crown of thorns, and the side of Jesus open in love for you, I want you to fix your eyes on this one truth, that he is madly in love with you. That the Lord really wants you to experience this very unique and personal and powerful love. That whatever you're going through, you can find love on the cross of Jesus. Is it discouragement? Is it hopelessness? Have you committed very grave sin? And you feel you're hopeless. There's no hope for you. There's no future for you. But you look at the cross of Jesus and the beauty of our faith, the beauty of celebrating the Triduum, we know the cross is not the end. That tomorrow night or on Sunday, we will celebrate that he rose from the dead. You see, the power of the cross of Jesus is not just to give you freedom, but to give you courage and hope. That no matter what, death and sin cannot win if you stay with Jesus. That no matter how hopeless or how helpless you feel, God is with you until the end. So whenever you look at the cross, we will venerate the cross soon. When you look at the crown of thorns, and you look at the cross and the nails, and then the wounded side of Jesus, let's get courage. Let's receive courage, hope. Help is on the way for you. Call upon Jesus. So I'd like to encourage you just to sit in silence for a moment. Take courage. Be strong. Be comforted. Receive the love of Jesus for you. As you fix your eyes on the cross of Jesus, just receive. Don't think too much. God is madly in love with you. And that's what we call the cross, the power of God's salvation for you. So I pray as you reflect in silence and as we continue the liturgy, receive a fresh the love of Jesus for you, the love of the Son of God who died on the cross out of His love for you. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.